Good afternoon. Welcome to Young News Podcast with your host, John Phillips, alongside Sean Clappis via WhatsApp on this Thursday, January 21st, 2021, sharing with you our thoughts on current events. And today, really, Sean, as there is a transition taking place from President Trump to President Biden, there's a lot of reflection going on on what the past four years were for Trump. And I just say this, Sean, the way I look at it, Trump exposed. He did do a good job, whether he meant to or not of exposing the demonic, possessive, tyrannical, whatever name you want to give it, wing of American politics. And he did this through exposing the self-virtue wokeness, the cancel culture, the censorship, the lockdowns. He was able to expose that part of American politics to the American people and say, look, this is this ugly beast that was growing and growing and growing and was actually covered in sheep's clothing but I did do a decent job at exposing this and presenting this to you, the American people, so that we can then build, hopefully, a future that doesn't incorporate some of these bad things that came about. However, however, I have to say, Trump never, ever incorporated the Tea Party message, the libertarian message, the liberal message, the liberty message, whatever name you want to give it. He never incorporated that part into his presidency. And I think that was, to me, the real unfortunate problem. You know, when I look at Trump, Sean, one thing that frustrated me was if you ever heard him speak, he would say, my job, my stuff, my presidency, I'm going to do this. I will fix it. I will make America great again. I will fight China. Everything came from this idea that he was going to solve the problems that we had. And this is a terrible mistake because the way I look at this whole situation from the libertarian perspective, Sean, is what he should have said is, I've heard rumors that Democrats think that I'm a king. They think that I at least think of myself as a king, as a dictator. And I'm here to say that, you know what? Kudos to the Democrats. They're right. Mm -hmm. I can't do everything by myself. And you're right, I don't have all the answers. And you're right, there is a tendency right now, I have to admit, to be a little bit tyrannical and to have a very top-down approach to this. So I've looked at this position that I've been given by the American people, and I realize that my job is not to build a person's house in the United States. My job is to give them the tools so that they can build it the way they want. And I think this was something that he could have done from the very beginning. He could have said, my job is not to build the house. My job is to give you the tools that can help you build the house. And even if he genuinely wanted Americans to be given this opportunity, deregulation, tax cuts, all of these things that he claims that he gave the American people so that they could build the house themselves, when you spend $10 trillion of government money... And when you still get us involved in an endless cycle of wars and you're still making government the central figure of solving people's problems, unfortunately, it's not that he wanted to give people the tools to build the house. He wanted to be given the credit that he was the person and he alone built the house so that people could live. And that's just my takeaway again Yes, he exposed some of the nasty, ugly, tyrannical, 
you know, things that were growing inside of American politics. And I will say this, Sean, there's a specific reason why I'm not saying left anymore. I'm not saying the liberal wing. I'm not saying the progressive wing. I think that's a mistake to make. I think it's more important right, right now at this moment to say, look, there's this country of America and there's every single race and every single creed and every single religion and every single idea has a tendency to drift toward tyrannical, nasty, possessive, demonic creature. And right now, it's not a left or right game because those words are so perverted today. It's America and it's politics. And we have one wing that's obviously going to drag us down into a totalitarian state and the other wing that's going to lift us out of totalitarianism and into more of a free, liberal-minded, open society. And that's just kind of how I see it. He exposed that demonic part of our politics, but unfortunately he did not expose the righteous part of politics, the liberty side of politics, the part of politics that says, I don't have the answers, but the great thing is that the Americans and the American people do. And I'm going to give those tools to the Americans to build our houses versus me trying to build it for them. And so with all that said, a couple minutes into this uh, show, Sean, I'm going to pass the invisible microphone over to you in snowy, cold, damp Spain. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you could only see what I see. I'm just I did. I saw one picture and I want nothing of it. I'm looking at, hey, Sean, I'm looking at palm trees, green grass, and blue sky. In shorts and a t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> In shorts oh, and a t-shirt. Well, go go ahead, man. I want to hear your thoughts on Trump. Say, all right. I can't say I'm necessarily envious. I like this weather. But anyway, on Trump. Hmm. You know, Mike Huckabee, I saw, you know, not someone who I always agree with, but Mike, Mike Huckabee, I follow him on, on Instagram. And I saw he quoted something that he actually attributed to someone else. And he said, he said, it, he thought it summed up Trump pretty well. He said, Trump, you know, Trump is a loudmouth asshole. And he's like one of those doctors, who, like Dr. House, you know, like he's a real jerk, but he's going to tell you what you need to hear. He's not going to tell, he's not going to give you all this rhetoric, like what you want to hear, even though he does blow smoke up people's ass. He's going to say, yeah, you know, here are the problems. Like, as you said, exposing all these problems. Here are the problems. He, he's not, he's not a doctor who's going to say, oh yeah, you're perfect the way you are. Just keep eating McDonald's and, you know, we'll have to cut your feet off, but you're perfect the way we are. No, no, he's going to say, oh, you're fat. You suck. You need to do some exercise. You need to, you know, you need, you need to fix all these things. And, you know, Trump was a loudmouth. They called people out. He was a troll. And uh, Walter Williams put it really well when he said, you know, Trump is not the kind of person who I, I, I want my children to emulate. But apart from a couple of shitty trade policies, he ended up being a pretty good president. Right. But, that's not, that's not the thing. And, and being a good president, meaning getting America's economy back on track, trying to get us out of these endless wars in the Middle East. Right. Trying to get us back to being uh, an economic powerhouse where we're more independent. We're not dependent on China. I mean, if you really want to look at things... And all these criticisms, criticisms of China... And, and us, our economy being dependent upon their manufacturing, it holds, and it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm here in Spain. All the surgical masks that people are wearing say made in China, John. I mean, right. it's, it's atrocious. It's terrible. Right. 
you know, we're, we're not self-sufficient. We're dependent upon this country of, I mean, I, I know a lot of Chinese people, incredibly hardworking, incredibly, incredibly uh, 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 very humble, hardworking, industrious people. Right. But unfortunately, they're, they're being, you know, the, the last word is given to the hands of the, of the state, right. of the Communist Party. They're, right. So we're, all of the, you know, all these people are beholden to this despotic dictatorship. Right. And right. Donald Trump's trying to expose that. So, yeah. I think, too, like, I think to give Trump credit, I, I, I think, you know, one of the things that he, one of the things that I appreciated was, I, I really believe that he was not going to forfeit the soul of the United States of America. And when I mean soul, I mean, I think he understands the importance of having a spirit, of having an American culture that's positive, that's optimistic, and that's something to be proud of. And I think that was probably the times in which I was, mm-hmm. I was most impressed by the things that he would say when he kind of could have the ability to lift up the spirits of people because you could tell he took a sense of pride in what this country had done in the past and what it's done for the world, even though it has flaws and there's there are many of them. He he mm-hmm. didn't try to sell his soul, the soul of America, to another country, to a you know United Nation type globalization type doctrine in which mul- like multinational corporations and global governments would certainly want us to do at this point. Absolutely. And they certainly Absolutely. would want Joe yeah. Biden. So I think he wanted to preserve the soul of the United States. And I think there are a lot of things, you know, people have to just realize that Donald Trump just doesn't have as much power, rightfully so, as people want. And so one thing that I would be upset with him is why do we still have troops in the Middle East? But I also am not, not I also understand that politics our politics and that it's not like he can just wave a magic wand even if he genuinely wants to and get people out of yeah. afghanistan like it's yeah. just not that simple yeah, I mean, and john i mean we have we have we we have uh, we have the establishment of in, in congress in the congress to thank for the fact that we're still in the middle east correct Donald specifically Trump, afghanistan it was one of the things he, he was really trying to get us out Correct. of the Middle East. And you knew people that. You knew that even. Right. And that, that's where, like, that's where just, yeah. a, that's where the, le, le, that's where, that's where people who are traditional Democrats, you got, you got shame on yourself. I mean, that's pathetic. Yeah. Here's a guy, yeah. you are trying so hard to make sure that anything he says, right? Anything he says, you have to find an argument to be against. And so you had all these people who voted just because they did not vote for Trump. When he came out and said, it's time to get out of Afghanistan, let's go, let's get out. Nothing's going to be done there. No problems are going to be solved. This is time to go. You had people who were like yelling and persecuting George Bush for being in Iraq and Afghanistan and saying how terrible war is and crucifying the military industrial complex. All of a sudden they were silent. All of a sudden, well, well, this is outrageous. This is going to create destabilize. This is going to destabilize the region. And like, it's just to me anyway. It's very fascinating to see how. And this is goes back to exposure. It showed you throughout the past four years, people were just so hell bent on destroying this guy that they were willing to look psychotic just so that they could hold their fist to the air and say i defy you president trump i defy you yeah yeah. and because they were so dependent because they wanted to do this so bad they wanted to show and stick it to everyone in this country that 
I am against this guy. In, in doing so, this self-virtue wokeness was created, cancel culture, censorship, lockdowns, all of these policies of madness came about. And the good news is for people like you and I, who are very much like up for grabs in the political system, we said, I, I know I'm probably not a Republican, but I'm certainly as hell not going to vote for a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, if anything, if anything, you know, positive comes out of the Trump presidency, it's he awakened a lot of people who were apolitical, who were just kind of, because John, this, I mean, the reality of the situation, most Americans are not political and don't really vote, you know? Right. Or, or, they'll, or they'll, they don't really care about their local stuff. They'll vote maybe every four years. Who knows? But this is Trump really kind of awakened a lot of people, and not 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 necessarily because of him. I wasn't awakened by Trump. I was awakened by the psychotic reaction uh, to Trump against Trump. Right. Where you you all of a sudden had all of these people who like whatever whatever legacy media said, people just gobbled up because it was anti-Trump. And this was coming from liberals who knew John, who knew before 2016 that the media was biased and the media was beholden to these six corporations who control 90% of the airwaves. Right. They knew it. They said, ah, you know, I don't really trust legacy media. I don't really trust corporate media. Right. You know, because they have a narrative. Suddenly Donald Trump gets in office. All of these people are doing is quoting CNN, the New York Times, and <sighs> taking it like it's gospel truth. You right. Know? Right. And, and so people like me go, wait, something's going on here. This is like a fucking magic trick. These right. people are trying to get you to believe in their narrative. Right. And all of my friends are just falling for it. Right. Going, oh, yeah. Whatever the New York Times puts out, that's just gospel truth. Right. CNN says, whatever Fox News, of course, you know, I'm just going to believe in the corporate media. This is the. And so many people like me came out of the woodwork and said, this, they're, they're trying to hoodwink you. You know, they're, they're yep. trying to. And I feel like so many people. You know, and all people who are celebrating Biden's victory, for some reason, they have amnesia from before 2016. They don't want to realize. They don't want to kind of realize that Donald, that, that uh, Joe Biden is the political establishment. You know, they they they. So we hear the left talk about systematic systemic racism, institutional racism. Right. They don't seem. They don't seem to realize that that uh, Joe Biden championed the 94 crime bill and was like lauding all the people he threw into prison. Kamala right. Harris was lauding all of the people she threw into prison when she was in California. You know, all, all right. for petty drug crime, for petty drug crimes, who people on the left and li real liberals should be saying these people are fascists. Correct. You know, they're they're authoritarians, but now apparently because they hate Trump so much, they've been conditioned to hate Trump so much. Correct. They love Biden and they love Kamala Harris. Correct. And these people, these people are the perfect avatars for right. this kind of police state that they're trying to fight against right no it's a, it's, a, it's a good point to make and I think people don't want to realize that this guy whether you like it or not was actually incredibly pragmatic like if I gave you a couple of like if I gave you a couple of categories and I said okay this is traditionally Republican this is traditionally Democrat and this is you know whatever right down Ryan right you would say okay um, increase military presence in the Middle East well you would think that's Republican but under Trump's presidency He's a Democrat. So the checkbox would be he's a Democrat there, right? Yeah, and that's a big yeah. issue, right? Foreign policy, uh, warmongering, slash uh, uh, more of a, uh, uh, you know, you know, 
a more of a, a heavy hand, right? This is something that Republicans are kind of known for, right? Trump, yeah, Trump, yeah, yeah. Trump, Trump, Trump was a Democrat on that issue. Okay, let's go to spending. Oh, he was a Republican. No, no. Traditionally speaking, rhetoric. I'm talking about rhetoric-wise. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spending ten trillion dollars, right? Getting ourselves ten trillion dollars in debt. Uh, that is a checkbox for Democrats. So let me get this yeah. straight. So deregulation, I'll give him on a Republican. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, conservative, traditional conservative values. I'll give you Republican, even though his personal life is nothing. I mean, whatever. We won't go into it. But but let's just put it this way. Okay, so so conservative values. He's a Republican. Uh, I'll give him to the deregulation. He was a Republican, but foreign policy. He was a Democrat, and yeah. government spending. He was a Democrat. So I just yeah. gave you four categories, Sean, and no one even in their right mind can try to argue that either all those categories. He would be different than what, again, the status quo of a Democrat and Republican was leading up to his presidency, right? And and I look at that, Sean, and I say, look, he was a pragmatic politician who obviously rubbed people the wrong way. And which people were so hell-bent on throwing the guy that in order to throw the guy under the bus and make sure that you were unequivocally against everything that, you, that he said, by nature, you're going to look radical. And maybe he meant to do it, maybe he didn't, but the fact that this took place and it exposed the tyrannical, possessive, and demonic wing of American politics is a good thing. And and I'm looking at politics now, and, and it, what's kind of fun for me is, okay, like, I, I don't support the Republican Party, but if there was an advisor next to me that was like, well, what do you think, John? Like, what should be our strategy moving forward? I'd say part of part of your strategy is not to play the game. Yeah. You're, you're playing the game. Don't play the yeah. game. Create your own game. Don't, 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 don't play the whole game of what do you think about AOC? Well, AOC is a socialist and a Marxist and her liberal left-wing policies are going to destroy America. Don't. Don't play the game. Well, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, she has a certain vision of America that's, you know, quite different in terms of... Uh, protecting people's liberties and freedom and you know obviously she thinks it's it's a good it's a good deal to make to give up your freedoms in the name of a bigger stronger state and there's an argument for it i just want and there's a world in which that might take place in but i don't want any part of that world i would like to live yeah. in freedom and liberty and i would like to have people make decisions for themselves instead of the government doing that and in that response sean what i'm trying to get at is that you don't have to put the labels. I think once you put the labels on something and you say the word liberal, first off, it's a disgrace. If you say progressive, I don't think it works. Just say, look, there's a tyrannical wing of American politics. And guess what? That's what you have to focus on. And you don't have to put a label on it. You say, look, our job is to make sure that we do not allow America to fall under a totalitarian state. And here are the, some of the things that we're concerned about. You know what we're concerned about? We're concerned about the fact that a sitting president of the United States of America, the greatest at this point in time representation of freedom, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, right? The president of the United States was removed, removed from Twitter. Mm, yeah. That's the world we're living in right now. Now, if that's not totalitarian, yeah. can you please, Jay Clapper... Tell me what totalitarianism is. When you removed the president of the United States from Twitter account 
thereby pretty much shutting off a tremendous power of his network communication with other people. And I know what people are going to say, like, oh, well, he could use a different different avenue. Well, that, that, that you're not you're missing the point. It doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that how Twitter acted was incredibly authoritarian. And if you're so blinded by your hatred for Trump that you can't see that, then shame on you. Uh, yeah, well, shame on most Americans, or a good, good chunk of Americans who were applauding and gas-queening when uh, Trump got kicked off Twitter. And I, I'm sitting here thinking, like, look, I don't like what he says. Most of the stuff that he says this is a blowhard. But, like, the fact that this Jack Dorsey, this fucking bearded weirdo, has more power than the American president, and nobody elected Jack Dorsey the president of anything, you should be worried about that shit. Right. Right. I think the fact that there are corporations now that are alive today that are more wealth than most nations is something that's yeah. scary. It's scary. It's very scary. And, and I don't hear anything coming out of the, the, the tyrannical part of the American politics that's saying, that's saying look, uh, we in the past were very critical of big corporations. Now they're silent. Everyone well, a part of that wing. They're, they're, they're the biggest hypocrites on earth, you know. The, the left will talk all day and night. They used to talk about the 1% until the one per- all of the 1% corporations started spouting their nonsense right. and, and towing their line. Right. Now they love it. They love Facebook and Google and, and Disney and Amazon. They love all these com- all these woke companies. Right, even right. Though the, even though these companies, these companies don't give a shit about them. They're going to s- step all over them. Right. You know, we're, we're all John, we're all going to be throwing boxes at houses for Amazon in the next yeah. few years because the economy is going to be such shit and everyone's going to wonder what the hell happened. Right. And it's like, well, you allowed this. You 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 cheered this shit on. Right. Well, and it's 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 the same bullshit you get from the establishment Republicans, establishment Democrats. It's the same line, right? You know, what Republicans will say is, "Oh, that's socialism. You want to you want to destroy corporations, right?" It's like, "Oh, come on, please." Please stop with this nonsense, okay? I don't want to hear that line again. I'm so sick and tired of it, okay? I don't want to live in a country in which I have private businesses, private banks that are stronger than the government in which governs every single human being in our country. Because guess what? At the end of the day, I love, look, I benefit from corporations. I think they have brought amazing technological advances and they've built a system in which I benefit from every single day. So I want to make that very clear. I'm using an iPhone as I speak with you, attached to a Blue Yeti microphone that is therefore yeah. attached to a Dell computer. All corporations, yeah. all, all, all businesses in which I benefit greatly from. Okay, so and, I'm I'm not like and, and all affordable. Yes, affordable yes. I'm not trying to, and this is where people should be very careful when they're like, I want a revolution, and you know. Damn with the corporations and damn with government. It's like, careful, careful. Don't try to make these companies get desperate. Because if you're kind of speaking that language of, we got to burn the bridges and we have to start all over. That's not what I want. I don't want revolution. I want a reformation. I want a meeting with these companies saying, look, you, you provide great products. Your technology is amazing. But, but... You can't put us in a position in which people, out of their despair, are going to feel like they got nothing to lose. And as a result, p- 
put us in a very uncomfortable, chaotic situation in the United States of America. That is what I want to try to avoid, Sean. And so corporations making a ton of money during COVID-19, hey, power to you. You might have seen this coming in from the very beginning that we were going to head, we were going to eventually, little by little, be in a position like we are today. And if it wasn't COVID, it would be something else, right? I'm all about it, right? You got good vision. You got good, you know, good instincts. Fantastic. But guess what? You shouldn't own and have more wealth than nations. That's all I'm trying to say. And I'm being a little generic with nations because obviously a small little tiny country, GDP-wise, what the money is, it's a different story. We're talking about we're talking about like pretty significant countries out there that can't go toe-to-toe anymore and can't promote policy for the public good because you have corporations that are so strong they'll just shut you down if you're a politician. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird it's world, Sean. It's very weird. Well, you know, it's it's this kind of looming authoritarianism coming from these guys. You know, and, they, and they'll say, well, you know, we're a private company. We can shut you down. It's it's our freedom of speech. It's the same, you know, which is scary because we're saying, okay, so corporations have the same rights as people. Like that, we're we're saying that now. Corporations have the same uh, the same protections of the bill bill of rights. That that's that was meant for individuals, John. Yep. That was that was meant for people. So and also also you know when if you're on if you're you know Zuckerberg or Jack Jack Dorsey and you say well you know yeah we're a private company we can we can shut you down. Well, essentially you're using your freedom. Of, this is kind of what I'm going to sound like a leftist, but it's like you're you're using your power or your excuse of freedom of speech to shut down my freedom of speech, which is not an exercise of anything except authority authoritarianism. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I don't know why the leftists are not all over this shit, but they're, you know, it's because they're, they're, they're authoritarians. Right. They're Marxists. They, they don't care about liberty. They care about power because they've been educated, John, in this system of, of, uh, of uh, critical theory, which is not about, you know, people struggling against authority to get freedom. It's, it's all about groups and identitarian groups struggling right. for power. They want to get power over another group. Yep. That's how they see it. They're they're thugs, just like the thugs who they're trying to fight. Right. It's 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 incredibly Machiavellian and incredibly depressing. Right. But that's you know that's the world we seem to be going into. And you know and and by the way, I think that we can all solve this with a libertarian solution. I, you know, Ayn Rand put it wonderfully when she said, you know, in the history of it, police and conglomerates have only existed because of government help and because of government assistance. You know, as soon as you take the government overreaching government policies out of the out of the out of the uh, the quotient out, out of the formula, those corporations can't survive because they have to work on a free market playing field like everyone else. Right. And when you have a fucking despotic corporation, the small little small businesses they're going to gobble up their market share. Because they're doing better business. Right. Simple as that. When right. the market gets to decide freely without government coming in and mucking everything up, yep. the corporations don't have anything to stand on. They don't have they can't cut they can't cut out the bottom rungs of the ladder. Right. You know? Real real capitalism, real free market free market capitalism is getting as many rungs of that ladder in place as possible. So the lower classes, the lower people can climb it with hard work 
and with determination and in ingenuity, they can climb up just as easily. Right. You know? Right. But, John, when you, in a, in a, in a COVID pandemic, when all these ridiculous governors and, and congresspeople and lawmakers, governors and mayors, shut down the cities, who suffers, John? The working people suffer. Small businesses suffer because they don't, they, you know, a little gym in New Jersey can only handle, you know, they can only deal with being closed for so long. But, you know, if you're a, if you're a giant gym, like, uh, what, like, uh, LA Fitness, really, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah LA Fitness, or, or what's the, what's the really expensive boutique one, you know, like, uh, Soul Cycle, uh, yeah, so yeah, any of those, they can survive the fucking pandemic, John, because they have the economy of scale to be able to sit on all of their money for a while. Right. So, and, well, I've, and I've said, I've said this before, we're going to come out of this pandemic. They're going to disappear and all these corporations are going to come gobble up what's left. It's right. Sad. It's going to be sad. But, but this is where Republicans totally failed. This is where Republicans yeah. had to be said. They had to say, look, here's the deal. We need to allow every state to make decisions for themselves. But we have to also let states know that if you want to be incredibly in a lockdown mode, you're going to have to bear the burden of drowning your citizens in debt because you had don't you don't have a functioning tax basis because you shut down the economy. And if you yeah. if you think that's the burden that you should bear and you believe that sacrifice is necessary in order for survival, physical survival of your citizens, then by all means do so. By all means do so, okay? But yeah. you're going to have to weigh the costs. And the Republicans yeah. sucked. And the reason they sucked is because they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to stand up and say, "Look, here's the deal. There's multiple different ways that you can deal with the pandemic." We don't necessarily have a solution which is going to perfect everything that's going on here. But we will say this, that you're going to be responsible for whatever decisions you make. So if you decide to have your economy wide open with no restrictions at all and your hospital beds are completely packed and you can't get services that you need inside your state when it comes down to health care, that's on you. Don't come crying to the government because you don't have enough hospital beds. No, that was your fault. And if same thing happens up north, if you guys want to lock everything down, keep everyone inside and keep everyone away from each other and not have the spread of this virus so that you have plenty of space in your hospitals, that's perfectly fine. But don't come to us and suck on our nipple. Because guess what? It's up to you, the taxpayer living in that state and your governor and your mayors and your council women and council men, okay, to come up with a policy in place okay to deal with some of the ramifications that took place the republicans sucked at this this was so easy okay that's the first step they could have taken the second thing they could have done is okay we're all about bailouts for the little guy for the working class guy for the person who's not reaping the profits of big time corporations and until we take care of that small business guy we're not signing in on any deal and they could have called out delta airlines they could have called out all the places that were bailed out the corporations that were bailed out and they could have said shame on you you guys are big fish but there's a lot of little fish that are going to go away for good if we don't come to their aid and you know what the republicans were useless totally useless when it came down to this and they'll come up with all sorts of excuses well we had to do this we no no you, you, you made President Obama and the spending and the things that he did look like nothing compared to what yeah. you guys performed. So, yeah. like I said, there's no longer to me a left wing or American or right wing in politics today in America 
We have a tyrannical side of things. And if you want it, if you want me to give you a better word, I'll say a totalitarian wing of American politics and a liberal wing of American politics. And right now, the totalitarian wing of American politics is winning. Whether people like it or not, it's winning. And I think yeah. it's interesting because I actually think a lot of people almost in a very weird, eerie, uh, uh, sick way, it's almost like people are okay with it. Like, oh, John, yeah. It's, it's, it's more than more than a shocking amount of people are okay with it. You know, it, it makes me really sad. It hurts my heart. Because, John, that people, you know, and this is, I've thought about this. And, you know, I'm not going to get all conspiratorial on you, but it's like, this is the perfect way to erode a democracy. It, to, to, you know, to, to destroy a democracy is to erode people's and 20 years of unending Middle Eastern wars will do that. You know, political scandals and politicians just giving themselves pay raises every single year will do that. And I feel like Amer Americans have been ground down so much by not just politicians, but by the media, by the establishment media who has been giving them nothing but negative fear-based stuff for the past 25 years. Right. And – Americans are sick and tired of it, and they're just like they feel they feel hopeless. And then something comes along, and they go, "Whatever, whatever." They just throw their hands up and go, "Fucking put the microchip in my head, Doctor Fauci. I don't fucking care anymore." Yeah, that, that's a lot of Americans have really just kind of lost hope, and I can't blame them. Right, I can't blame them. It's, it's sad. Yeah. Well, even with this whole vaccine thing, first off, it's not technically a vaccine. From my understanding, a vaccine is an inoculation where you take actually a small dose of the the virus and you put it in your body and then your cells produce antibodies to fight the little bit of virus that was inoculated right, or right, you know right. that's you, the, you that's a, yourself with an inert version of the yeah virus that's that but people what, what people yeah. do not understand is that's not how this system is working they are actually putting this substance inside of your cells so that it can produce the antibodies that they think will be the ones necessary in order to fight the coronavirus. This is this is at this is not a traditional vaccine. You might call it a vaccine, but where in the news do you see today people making it very clear, people who are going to get the jab, how many doctors are saying are looking that person in the eye and saying, "I just want this to be made very clear." This is not your traditional vaccine. We are actually taking something and putting it inside of your cells in which we hope will produce the necessary antibodies in order to fight viruses like COVID-19. People don't think that. You know what they really think? They actually think that inside of this vaccine is a small dose of COVID-19 in which your body is going to fight, recover from, and therefore gain immunity from. Mm. It's crazy, Sean. Crazy. Yeah, it's 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 and the the scary thing about it is that they you know they've been lauding this vaccine. Oh, we got to get the vaccine. We got to get the vaccine. But then they their disclaimer is, well, I mean, we'll still need to do lockdowns and social distancing and masks because you know it'll take away the symptoms. But uh, you know you could. And I'm thinking to myself, so what, why the fucking vaccine? 
Like you, it does. If it does nothing, then why are you pushing it? Correct. If nothing changes, then why are you pushing it? This is fucking nonsense. People should be riding in the streets when they hear this. Well, not to mention the fact that how about this? How about this? Moderna. Moderna, I hope people know this. The company Moderna is not a company that specializes over the past several years in vaccine-related situations or homeopathic uh, immunity or any type of uh, uh, let's get better from a sickness type of situation. Um, Moderna, from my understanding, is a chemo company. Yeah. That's what I understand. So, so... This, this is something that a lot of people don't know about. Their background doesn't fit the traditional background that other companies do have when it comes down to the topic of vaccines. That is what I'm trying to say. Okay, and I want to use my words very clearly. But here's a couple of things. Companies like Moderna, Pfizer, do you know that you can't sue them? You can't sue them. Part of, part of, they are so protected. They are correct. What people don't understand right now in America is that part of the deal that they made was we will expedite the process of making a vaccine, but if anything goes wrong, we're not to be blamed. We're not liable. Yet. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So wait a second. You're going to take a vaccine. You're going to take the jab. And if something goes wrong, you do understand that the company that produced this vaccine is not liable for any death or damage that is caused to you or your family. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? This is like a, did you did you ever see the fugitive with Harrison? Ford? Yes. This is this is like the plot of that, you know, the that where the test results were kind of falsified, but he just wants to push it even though it doesn't work so so he can get a lot of money, but it's like, you know, and then there's all these bad actors who are like, yeah, we'll push the drug. People will still take the drug, you know. So what if it doesn't work? Right. That's, that's kind of like what's going on here, John. People don't want to just have a simple look at this and say, wait a second, let's get outside of politics here and just put some basic facts together. The average vaccine, in order to be actually legalized, takes at least two years, yeah. most of the time longer. We are entering a period of time in which I believe, Sean, I could be wrong, is less than 12 months. Two years, standard time. All of a sudden, less than 12 months, not to mention it's a vaccine in which is not your normal, typical vaccine, but a very different vaccine. On top of the fact that we're not waiting two years, we're also jamming people with something in which is totally different. And that's just something that I don't think enough people are looking at and saying, yeah, that, that, that does seem a little odd. Yeah. And maybe people are saying that and saying, but I think I'm going to have the jab anyway. Well, I, I think a lot of people are just keeping their mouths shut and, and seeing when, when their neighbors get the vaccine. They're just kind of hoping, okay. But, you know, I know a lot of people who are kind of virtue signaling about, and they'll, like, take selfies of themselves getting the vaccine. Really? Get their mask on. And, really? Yeah, it's so, it's so creepy. It's just That's like, why I don't have social media, by the way. Yeah, Johnny, it's so creepy. It's like 1984. Like people are like, yes, yes, I listen to the. And I'm not, and I'm not an anti-vaxer, but it's like just being so gung ho about, yay, I'm gonna get the vaccine. Like Johnny, we already know. We we have tons of. Maintain good car cardiovascular health 
uh, uh, you have a good intake of, of zinc and vitamin D and B vitamins, that is like right off the bat. It takes care of the virus in nine out of ten of the circumstances. Right. Truly, truly. I mean, if you are healthy, you will fight off this virus. Right. Like it's not a problem. You know, most most people, some people will have adverse effects, right? Right. And that's, that's an issue that we need to, that we need to deal with. But this just ideology that people have around the virus and around the vaccine, like it's the silver bullet, you know, where you're dealing with this, you know, it's a paper tiger. It's, it's not as deadly as, as everyone has been saying it is. It's not. It well, really is not. And I, I also want to make this point, too, that baby boomers are very naive to think that they could be possibly living in a totalitarian state right now. I, yeah. I think it's very interesting. Like my mom's and my dad and everyone that's about that age, they're not looking like this to the lens of a millennial or let's say no. a lens of a libertarian millennial where it's like, guys, wake up, wake up, wake up. There are things yeah. taking place right in front of your eyes. How come you can't possibly think that the things that happened in the past could be happening right in front of you, only that it's coming in a different shape and size? I mean, I always bring up this, this point. So I live in Germany, and my, my, my dad's a pastor. And there's automatically, there's, there seems to be some strange things happening, right? And one of the things might be that a Gestapo agent now is sitting in the pew right next to my father when he's about to deliver the sermon. And someone says, man, you got to wake up, man. Like, look what's going on here. We have the police coming into our churches, our liberty to right. express it. And, and, and imagine if I said, well, like during the 30 years war, this isn't like the 30 years war where people were being hung on the top of steeples. And, you know, come on. Right. It's not that right, bad. Right. So the point that I'm trying to make, Sean, is it's a mistake to it's look. It's a, yeah, it's a mistake to say, well, it's not coming in the form of exactly. Jewish stars yes, yes, yes. Jewish stars being placed on people's uh, uh, chests. It's not exactly. coming in the form of Bolsheviks running into stores and shutting them down. Right. Right. It's, but and be, because it's not coming in the traditional forms in which we've seen on television and we've read in books, people think that, well, only until it becomes like that will I then admit that we live in a totalitarian state. But the problem with that is it never does come back in the same form. Exactly. That the exactly. 30 years war between Catholics and Protestants didn't overtake Europe in the exact same way. It came in a different form of fascism and communism. But if you're so gosh darn caught up in this stupid Catholic versus Protestant and Protestant versus Catholic, and that's what I'm going to be, that's what I'm going to watch out for, and that's what I'm going to have my eye on for. Meanwhile, you got two atheistic ideologies, right, pulling up against each other, communist versus fascism, and you're totally blinded because you're lost in the 16th century, pal, or the 17th, or whatever century it was, 17th century, okay, and your your neighborhood's being overrun. But you, you're just oblivious to it. And that's when I look at baby boomers, that's how I see it. Uh, it's just yeah. to, it's just to make make others feel comfortable. Wait, yeah. wait a second. Where are you saying this is based on a scientific lie and there is nothing scientifically that is making that person less safe, okay, with me not having this mask on and I'm not going to live my life by these lies? And it might have... That, that, you know... Go ahead, take yeah. over. I'm I'm heating up. No, no, I, I, cool, I, cool I, me down. I, I like, I love it. I love it. No, no, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I love my parents to death, but it's like I now feel. I never went through. Cool. 
but it's like I never I now feel I, I now kind of know what it feels like to be one of those kids in the anti-war hippies in the 60s who was like t- trying to fight against the machine and being like yeah counterculture counterculture John being based is the new counterculture you know like yeah. being a not having the wolf the woke wool or the fucking covid wool pump this kind of cult pulled over your eyes that's the new counterculture like right. thinking for yourself in this regard right right whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on hang on hang on hang on a second so you're telling me that there's less covid hospitalizations per capita in florida than there is in california okay well what okay isn't that like isn't that or okay what about New York City? So when we did when they did the lockdowns, uh, uh, COVID uh, uh, COVID cases jumped up. Okay, basically, and I'm like, why are we still doing lockdowns? Why are we still doing all of this draconian uh, social distancing stuff when all the data shows us that it doesn't work or it makes things worse? Okay, well, you know, and then they argue and it's like, wow, well, well, don't pay attention to that. And I'm like, yes, pay attention to it. I'm giving you facts and data, and you're just shrugging it off like an idiot. Right. And so I, I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall when I'm right. talking to a lot of my loved ones. Right. Who they just seem to like, whatever Fauci says, they're like, yeah, of course I trust him. Right. And like, did, didn't you grow up in the 60s and the 70s when when people, you know, like hearing, yeah, don't 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 just blindly trust politicians. Right. Don't just blindly trust. I mean, it's like, it's like I'm living in a bizarro world now. It's right. insane. And where'd it go? Where'd that spirit of freedom go? There was all this talk I, I in the think, 60s. I oh, we got to free get... ourselves from the anti from the big government, from Big Brother. We got to liberate. We got to we got to we got to we got to yeah, resist. We got to get, the... together, man. Yeah, and like wait a second. Like now you're just pretty much sucking the tit of government all of a sudden. Whether yeah. it's through media, yeah. whether it's through a corporation, yeah. it's just well, you know, we got to listen to the experts. Experts? Mm-hmm. Are you insane? Are you out of your mind? In what profession oh. In what profession would an expert ever not tell you or put in perspective the threat in which you face? Everyone else I know in every other industry, when there's a problem, one of the things that you do to calm down the person is you say, look, it is a threat, but I want to give you some perspective on this threat. Not once did a government doctor or a politician ever just say, look, here's the deal. This is what we are dealing with, and I would like to put it into perspective with other things that we're dealing with in our society. They're not doing that, Sean. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it. So, so let, let me jump in right here because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, you know, uh, people say, "Oh yeah, trust. I trust doctors. I trust doctors." I, you know, it's like as if it's there's some as if it, they're like the figure. You know, they're they're like they're the Messiah or something. You know? Right. They're this kind of messianic figure. That yeah, they're like the new priests. Wrong. Yeah. But John, but John, this is the thing. Um, only a few short decades ago, doctors were endorsing the healthiest cigarette brands. So, like, what? What? Since when did doctors all of a sudden become the end all, be all of knowledge? Right. We like less than fifty years ago, you could have your wife committed into a mental institution based on nothing aside from, oh yeah, she's just being difficult. And right. doctors would take her and put her in electroshock chairs and shock her brain until she became compliant. Right. People were doing this in the 50s, John. We're doing this in the 60s. This is, and doctors were okay with it. They said, oh yeah, of course, it's scientifically blah, 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 blah. This, John, it's not science. It's scientism. 
it's this kind of religious indoctrination to the altar of science right. just because it's scientific, not because it has any basis in evidence or, or, well, or studies or proof. I also think that like doctors get off, like certain doctors get off at the idea of creating something by man and like they become they have, to, a god, they have a god complex a lot of them you, know? you get what i'm saying like they create something that's fascinating yes. whether it's a medicine yes. or a technology and they just yes. want to show their power and they, they want to be they're, they're people geez, i mean there are so many people there's so many people who said yeah i don't know if i'm gonna go back to that doctor they're kind of a quack or they're a pill pusher or you know i've been going and i'm trying to get this fixed but that's it's still a problem John, doctors and doctors, you know, doctors know about what they know. I trust a doctor, you know, I, I trust an oncologist to help me if I have cancer, you know. Right. Or I, I, trust, I trust a rheumatologist if I have arthritis. But if I go to a rheumatologist and say, yeah, you know, my, my, I have this cough, they'll say, go see a lung doctor. Yeah. You know, it might, it might be this, but I'm no expert. Go see an expert. So you can't even, you know, doctors will admit they're not experts in medicine. They're good at their field, which right. is very much compartmentalized. And yet we forget this and we think, oh, oh I trust doctors. I trust, you know, it's right. just, it's, it, they could just as easily be snake oil salesmen. Right. You'd say, oh, trust them. I trust them. No, and they're just as, they're, they can be just as susceptible to evil as lawyers, as teachers as politicians, yes. as engineers. Yes. So what, what you and I are saying right now, just for the record, we're not saying that doctors are bad people. What we're saying is, no. they're, what we're, we're trying to say they're is, they're, they're people. people. They're people like you and I. And they're people yeah. like all those sorts of people that live all over the world. And we shouldn't just say, well, because they're a doctor, now they move up the hierarchy of morality. That's so a that's mistake called, to make. That's called the argument. That's called the argument from authority fallacy, saying that just because a person is in a in a position of authority, therefore they must be right. That's a fallacious argument. Yeah, yeah. That's a fallacious. And argument. even the whole system of how a doctor works, like I would think there's got to be doctors out there or people who study medicine, who are just fascinated with medicine so much so that they would like to take their education in medicine and start their own practice. But I, I'm not a genius here. In order to do that in America is an incredibly, incredibly difficult thing to do. It most yeah. likely, from my understanding, is you go to school, you have a ton of money that you have to spend, so you have all these college loans, then you have this kind of administration that you have to work with that's oftentimes politically correct and has to be incredibly like stepping on eggshells. And you're yeah, stepping yeah. on you're stepping on eggshells too, because you probably spent like eight years going to formal second uh, college education, medical school. Yeah. Right? yeah. So you're spending all this time in a book and studying and learning. And here after eight to 10 years, you have hundreds of thousands of dollars of college loans. You just want to get a job. You want to get quote unquote in the system. Okay. And you're willing to take or make certain sacrifices in order to get that job in which you've been wishing for, for the past 10 years. And so oh, I can yeah. see a lot of doctors, a lot of college loans to pay off, they have to work up the ladder. They've just spent 10 years getting them in a position in which they can work in the profession that they think is best for them. And they don't have an exit plan like they can just leave and start their own practice because it's been, you have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars of doing it, not to mention insurance, legal issues that you might have pop up. It is incredibly difficult to do. So it's incredibly 
you are incredibly dependent on the medical establishment yes. that is yes. at hand right now, which is why I think so many young people, millennials, who see things that just aren't adding up, stay quiet. I, I get it. Like, like I don't want to, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that I would bring up here is like, I get why people would want to keep their mouths shut. Okay. But, you know, there's a great quote by Solzhenitsyn. They don't want to get canceled. Correct. They don't want to be canceled. But if that type of spirit ends up embodying the entire uh, soul and uh, uh, land of the United States of America, it, it's going to be like a very famous line from Pushkin. Uh, Pushkin's uh, novel. He says, Why should cattle have the gifts of freedom? Their heritage from generation to generation is the belled yoke and the lash. What I'm trying to say is, like, why should we have freedom if our generation is going to be a generation in which just accepts being a slave? Right, right. Just accepts it. Just accepts it. We just accept the fact that, you know, the guys on top, they say what we're supposed to do. And we got to be able to keep that job. And I got to be able to feed my family at all costs. So, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to take the belled yoke and the lash. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, this isn't. I'm going to keep my head down. Yeah, and this isn't the slavery of 200 years ago. That's not what I'm trying to say. Most people know that when I say that. But my point is, is the concept of slavery is still the same. This idea that I'm going to forfeit my freedoms in order to get some water in the pot so that I can stay hydrated is ultimately what we're making a. We're ultimately making that compromise, and it's a dangerous compromise to make. Yeah, well, you know, this is, this kind of shows the lack of imagination of most people. As you were saying before, when when baby boomers are like, "Oh, oh no, it's it's not like totalitarianism," but it's not the totalitarianism that you have come to understand. You know, like when people say, "Oh yeah, Nazis," they, that that term has just come to mean. Anyone who disagrees with you, you're a social justice warrior. And these people, if you look at their behavior, they're the closest thing to Nazis right. in America right. today. Right. They're the closest thing. And you know, and they'll go you know, and they'll claim that there's all these white nationalists and neo Nazis on the rise. Where? Right. Where are they? Well what's gonna be by the way, what's gonna be the word that we give those people? You know, you ever think about that? Like if you're gonna just toss know. around if, if people are going to just so carelessly toss around the word Nazi to anyone who disagrees with someone whose politics are on the left, if this is the name that we're going to give people, then what's the name of the real bad guys? Have you got a name yet yeah, for them? Um, and where are all the I mean, Jews? Yeah, they're, they're the real bad guys. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and where are all the Jewish groups speaking out against using this term so carelessly? Like, I would yeah. think that on the Democratic and Republican side, Jews would have no part in this type of usage of this word. It has such a deep, unfortunate part in these people's lives and their history that to allow people to just casually toss around the word like it's done today is a disgrace to the Jewish people. And it's very yeah. unfortunate. And the real problem is going to be in the future when the real Nazis come back. Yeah. We no longer will be able to recognize them because we just use the word so lackadaisically. This, this is what I'm talking about, John, is that people have this lack of imagination. They think Nazis can only be stormtroopers in SS outfits, you know, Highland Hitler. That's what they imagine when they see, think of Nazis. But Nazi is an ideology. You know, it's a fascistic ideology. Right. National socialistic 
national socialism. It's national socialism, national white people, white Christian Aryan socialism. That's how it existed in the 40s, in the 30s and 40s. But, you know, that ideology can be adapted to any substrate. You know, right. you, can, you, can, you can just put the skin on over anything. And people are so smooth-brained and so dumb that they, you know, it will be upon them and they won't even know how bad it is. Right. And, and they'll go until, they, until it's too late, you know, and they're being thrown in, in concentration camps. So they're going, oh. Yeah. Nazi, right. You know? Well, and that's that's what the whole idea that I said before is that we're just cattle, and we're just and if we are yeah. just cattle, if we genuinely, if you genuinely believe we're just cattle, why the hell would you give us the gift of freedom? Because it doesn't make much sense to give cattle freedom. It doesn't, not at all. So I mean, I, I would I would to wrap this thing up, uh, Sean. You know, so far, are, are there any things that you see happening in which you're like, like I I, I just want to say this, like. Thank goodness in many ways for some of this tyrannical – thank goodness mm -hmm. that we are witnessing some of these policies in which are very tyrannical. Because I just want to say one thing that it's done is it spoke it's, – it's, it's actually got me more in touch with a liberal, a classical liberal class of people mm. who through the, through the source of podcasting, I probably never would have known. Yeah, and so – you know, I always thought about this. I said, man, I said, if there was no, if there was no virtue signaling woke culture, I don't think I'd ever know this guy, Jordan Peterson. I don't think I'd ever know Brett and Eric Weinstein. Right. There, there is a beauty in all of this. And that beauty is the fact that the greater the threat of tyranny that is taking place in this world, the greater the voice of liberty is kind of being heard from people who we totally might have written off in the past. And I think yeah. that's been a cool thing. Hell, I don't think because of COVID-19, you and I would even have this podcast. I don't even think we'd have conversations possibly uh, up yeah, until it's, now. It, it, it's, it's been a blessing in disguise that we've been able to reconnect but via this avenue, you know? It's, it's, and, and just being, being, a, being awoken, you know? Coming out of the woodwork, right. really. Right, you and know, I think not not because of all this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. And no, and, and not playing the game of Republicans and Democrats, left and right. I think the way forward for America, when you criticize, I think one of the mistakes was when you when Obama was in office, so much of the Republican rhetoric was anti-Obama. It was very much personal, and then what happened was the left saw that and said, "We're going to do that 2.0." We're yeah. gonna we're gonna increase the temperature. You increase the we we increase the temperature from eighty to ninety when Bush was in office. Then you increase the temperature from ninety to ninety five percent, and then we increase the temperature under Trump from ninety five to one hundred percent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Part yeah, of and it's, it's this it's this escalation. Part yes. Yeah. Building and building. Correct. And building. So so and part it's of not what correct itself. Correct. Correct. So part of what I think people should do doesn't matter what your political party is. I really don't care. It's just say, we're not going to play that game anymore. We tried playing that game. It was a stupid game to play. It was the same game that Democrats played when Bush was in office. We're going to actually play a different game. And we're going to have different rules. And we're going to have a different battlefield. And that's the only way that you're going to go up against multinational corporations and global governance. It's by playing by different rules and playing on different battlefields. And I think that's something that people have to look at. 
Look, I, I also, I, I think that you have to. If you're on the side of liberty, Sean, you're going to have to win this war by attrition. You're going to have to allow this machine to eat itself. I think ultimately yeah. people people have these ideas. I don't believe it, Sean. Maybe you disagree with me. People think that like America defeated the Soviet Union. And people think that like, oh, it was capitalism and freedom and, and all these things that defeated socialism and, and, and the Soviet Union. It's like, no. We, we and, just allowed them to destroy themselves. Correct. And I think that's the game that we have to play. Because the great thing about this game is it can be played universal. And the great thing about this game is you don't need money. You don't need power. You don't need influence. You just have to have the balls to say no. No. Yeah. No, I'm not going to buy your product. No, I'm not going to use your service. No, I'm not going to comply with some of the things that you want us to comply with. And I'm going to use my legal rights to protect me. My rights given to me by the Constitution. I think, Sean, that's the only way you can play this game. I, I don't know what your thoughts are in terms of the next couple of months and, and what the strategy should be for all Americans when it comes down to this, yeah. this situation. I, I really think that, you know, Americans, I really want them to open their eyes because, you know, for example, when the Capitol riots, when the, the siege of the Capitol or whatever happened, I didn't watch it because I knew exactly how the press was going to play it, you know? Yeah. I, I don't listen. I think, I think those, I think... Like, you know, uh, running into the Capitol and, and tearing up Nancy Pelosi's office was fucking stupid. You know, I think it's I think it's ridiculous. But I knew that all of these, you know, nerdy, nerdy LARPers who are pr pretty much harmless. They're just they just want to have a good time. and They're being a bunch of idiots. But of course, news media is going to paint them as a bunch of scary white supremacist Nazis. You know, right. They're, they're, they're going to they arrested the leader of the Proud Boys as soon as he got into D.C., they say, oh, he's a leader of a white supremacist organization. Oh, bullshit. The guy's a dark-skinned Dominican. Like, he's not a white supremacist. It's not a white supremacist organization. It's a fucking bro-drinking club. They like to fight Antifa, pasty Antifa people. That's all it is, right? It's a bunch of bros who want to fight. Don't make it Don't make it this scary, nefarious thing. And I think a lot of Americans see through the bullshit, and they see what happened at the Capitol, and they go, huh. Okay, so all of these Trump people are a desecration to America, but Black Lives Matter protests, all that happened. They were heroes, you know? Like, And then the narrative on the cops completely changes. Talking right. about how brave the cops were, how good they, you know, they were brave. They were very, you know, they were, they were doing their duty and protecting the Capitol, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, two months ago, they were, they were, they were, they were Nazis, you know? They were, right. they were complex. Black cops are complicit with white the system of white supremacist patriarchy, right? Right. So they just you see the media blatantly flip flopping on their narrative towards protesters and towards police. It completely flips. And I really hope Americans see this and go, This is a fucking double standard. This is ridiculous. I mean and then you get this whole I don't know, there was a lot of people at the at the Capitol protests and a lot of a lot of Instagram accounts or YouTube YouTube channels where I saw people who were covering it. Like 99% of it was just people walking around, chanting, laughing, having a good time with signs, just having like, just being, just goofing off. And then of course you had a couple hundred rabble rousers who got caught up in the moment and ran in the fucking Capitol building. Right. And, and it's like, if this was on the other side, CNN would say, oh, mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful, you know? Right. As they did, as they did with the, with the George Floyd protests. Right. 
which right. is like, yeah, you have thousands of people who are chanting Black Lives Matter, who are walking up and down the streets, who are being pretty much peaceful, who are minding their own business, who are not breaking windows. But then you had a lot of people who were at night breaking windows, destroying private property, destroying small businesses, wrecking the black community. Right. Who they have to recover. It's like these poor black people have to recover from it. It's like the Ferguson effect, you know? This, right. Something something bad happens to a black to a black guy, you know, a bad altercation between a white cop and a black uh, assailant, which, by the way, uh, I mean, doesn't happen very often if you can, if you want to look at the statistics. But but then what's the what's the solution? Okay, well we're going to destroy this entire neighborhood, which which working class black people work in. Great, right. wonderful. That, right. What a wonderful way to uh, to uplift black people. Right. And, and then, John, mind you, mind you, all the all the fucking losers who ran the Capitol, the FBI is like going after them. Right. What the fuck? So okay, so it's a federal, you know. So you're gonna get the cops involved yep. when they run into a public building. Right. But you you don't care when small businesses get absolutely torched and destroyed. You know? Right. Okay. I see what's going on. I hope the rest of America sees what is going on. Right. It's blatant double standard. Right. No, and that was that was something I think the media got caught in really early. It was like, whew. you know, it was like they were probably in a very difficult situation because deep down those media giants, they knew you can make this a big story. But the more you make this a big story, the more it's going to really hurt your credibility. And the more people are going to see through the fact that you have a double standard. You have every right to be critical of the people that entered into that Capitol building. I absolutely support the police in that situation to absolutely make the Capitol hands off. I even have to say, like, the person who got shot, the only thing that I had to say about it when the woman got shot and she was pretty much, she, she saw the people with the guns, she'd have, she'd ha I mean, she'd have to know that they have weapons, that this is a government building and that they have the right, the legal right to use force. Okay, mm -hmm. my only thing is, what happens if she was a black woman in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and yeah. she was shot? What's the during story the BLM, during the BLM protest? During a BLM oh God, protest, would be, what would, would be the what would be the storyline? It would be civil war. It you see be, what I mean? We'd be done. And and I think and I think even moderate people, people who are right in the middle, people who voted mostly for Joe Biden, even those people, when you present that with them, say, "Look, like I think it was a mistake that the woman made, but can we all agree that had she been a different skin color and had she done the same thing, but for a different political reason?" that the media would have a double standard. And it would be really hard, Sean, for that person to look you in the eye and say, no, there'd be no difference. But they but they would, John. They, I mean, they, a lot of Americans would, they wouldn't even be able to look you in the eye and because they can't get, they can't do the mental gymnastics. I don't it, think it, they can it, wrap around their hands. I don't think they can wrap, brain. yeah, they can't wrap their, they can't wrap their hands around the idea that their side of the aisle can be as, bad at times than the other and until both sides see that blind spot you're going to have trouble and johnny if i can add one more thing go for it you know the inaugural the inauguration it, i don't know if anyone's seen the hunger games but it's just like this like this ridiculous pageantry coming from the elites going yeah we made it we're making all this progress we're gonna cure racism and we're gonna get we're gonna fix poverty and blah 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 blah, blah. all this hollow rhetorical bullshit 
you got Lady Gaga singing in a fucking uh, like sci-fi outfit, and it just it's all. I mean, the Democratic National Convention was like that too. It was all just a bunch of like showy horseshit. And meanwhile, like I want Americans to be at home getting angry. I want them to be getting angry, saying, "Okay, so you're putting on this giant fucking party, saying yeah, free at last." Meanwhile, I haven't been, you know, I haven't been able to open my business for 12 months, and you give me a fucking six hundred dollar check. I can't even wipe my ass with that money. Right. 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 It's just, I mean, America is like a big open prison at this point, with this all the lockdowns and the curfews. You know, America's like a big open prison. And in prison, a lot of people get raped. And this is like getting raped. And I'm I'm sorry if it sounds vulgar, but it's like, you know, uh, the $600 check is like the government is fucking you. And then they, you know, put some, they put some Vaseline in there just to make it a little less painful. But they're still fucking you. Right? And you're supposed to smile. You're supposed to sit smile and go, thank you. Oh, it's a, it's a little less painful for this one month that I have to pay my rent. Thank you so much, fucking overlords. Fuck off. I, I mean, and like, like I, I, I was, <laughs> I was like, you know, and like I was practicing down in the basement during the during the riots, and of course my parents are glued to CNN. And they're just, you know, just, just taking it all in, going, oh my god, oh my god. And, and my wife comes out, she's like, this is disgraceful. Don't you see what's going on? And I'm like, I, I, I'm like. I don't like that it's happening, but honestly, I gotta say, like, if I, if I have no sympathy, maybe not, I mean, you know, if I saw Nancy Pelosi dying in the street from from thirst, I would obviously give her a drink of water, but I really have very little sympathy for for Congress. I have very little. It's like if they get their fucking house, their their holy house, invaded by angry Americans, then they deserve it. Right. They deserve every single bit of it. They deserve to be hounded every single day. Nancy Pelosi Pelosi should be hounded every single day by protesters until she resigns. And the same thing with Chuck Schumer and the same thing with Mitch McConnell, same thing with Gavin Newsom and and Governor Whitmer and and, uh, de Blasio and Cuomo. They're all a bunch of – they're all a bunch of monsters. Right. They're a bunch of Machiavellian monsters, and they deserve to be thrown in prison, every single one of them. Right. So it's like I I really – you know, when it's like people are like, oh, my God, the Capitol. Our hallowed ground of our democracy. I'm like, you know what? Our democracy does not exist in this brick building full of these snakes. Our democracy exists in Amer- hardworking Americans who believe in the articles of the Constitution, who believe in freedom of speech, who believe in freedom of economic movement, who believe in the right to a fair trial, who believe in equal equal treatment. That is where our democracy lies. So I really, really, really hope that people look at the inauguration and see all this oh yeah you know they're gonna install black people and brown people into these positions and, and of power and go you see you see how symbolic this is meanwhile black and brown people black you know in the cities are gonna go our lives are still shit you're not doing anything for us right your, your economic policies de- progressive democrat economic policies are disastrous for black people right and, 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 and I, I, just I know hope that you know for his for as much of an asshole as Trump was, he just said things that other politicians already do. Like, and I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here, but I, you remember when that guy was a journalist? I think was killed in the Saudi embassy. Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. Like he did. He disappeared. Well, uh, uh, Jamal. They, they, Jamal. Uh, yeah. Yes, in Turkey, he was a Saudi journalist. Right. I think. Yeah. And 
and they, they caught him up, they chopped him up. And I remember, like, you know, people said, they asked Trump, they're like, was anything, are you going to do anything about this? And he basically said, like, no, there's nothing we're going to do, really. And everyone got all bent out of shape about it. And it's like, well, listen, I'm, I'm angry, but, like, Obama would have done the exact same thing, but would have fed you a, a pack of lies and said, well, this cannot stand, blah, 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 blah. And then he, and then nothing gets done. So it's like, Donald Trump at least is being honest with the horseshit of government. He's at least being honest about it, right? Right. He's at least he's at least being honest about the fact that government, we don't care about you. We don't give a damn about you. We spit on you. We look down on you, right? He's at least being honest about that. Right. And I, I and, and Americans, they couldn't, I don't think they, a lot of them couldn't take that. They like to think of this fantasy of politicians as being, oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're good people and they're looking out for us, even though they know politicians are all scumbags. They right. know this. Right, right. It goes back to what you said before. He's a guy like House who can be an asshole, but somehow, yeah. some way, tells you the truth sometimes. Re or at least if he doesn't tell you the yes. truth, he tells you how yeah. he he tells you how he yes. truthfully feels about a situation. That's what I really yes. should say. Yes, absolutely right. And I, I want it's like you know. And it was, and that was by the way that was refreshing for a lot of Americans. It was yes. very refreshing to hear a guy just kind of say it what he thinks. It was refreshing for me. It was refreshing for me because it was like, does what politician does? And you know, it's like I would rather have someone tell me to my face, "Fuck you, I don't, I don't care about you." Then, then someone who says, "Yeah, I'm your friend," and then stab you in the back when you're not looking. Right. I, I would rather. I would rather have the rather have the honest asshole to be perfectly, perfectly correct. 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 Well, this was good stuff, man. It was a good show. I'm glad we got the chat. I want to do another show earlier. I'm very happy to be in our studio, which is actually my office room, by the way. It's not a studio. Yes, sir. It just makes it makes it sound a little bit more professional, but it's. It's got good sound. I'm hoping this came out well. I'll be able to send it over to you. Sean, really good talking tonight, and we'll be in touch soon. Likewise, buddy.